Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hello once again, everybody. Thank you for joining me here on this Tuesday, April 21st edition of Bang the Book Radio. My name is Adam Burke, your host for the next 35 minutes or so. We'll go over all kinds of things in the world of sports from a betting focus. Happy to have you with me here. As one guest joins me on the program today, that is Brian Blessing, the host of Sportsbook Radio and Vegas Hockey Hotline. We're going to chat some NFL draft. We're going to just kind of freestyle a little bit here on today's show. A lot of different things that we can talk about. A lot of different directions that we can go with this. A lot of different directions over at bangthebook.com as well right now. NFL draft coverage and Moss over there at the website. I've got my 2020 MLB betting guide for whenever that season comes around. Past editions of the podcast, past editions of the betters box, and of course our sportsbook reviews, including the one for DSI Sportsbook, our sponsor of this show. If you head on over to DSI, use that promo code BTB and the number 200, 100% deposit match bonus for the sportsbook, 100% deposit match bonus for the live casino at BetDSI. It's only a game until you bet it. And you can bet the NFL draft over there. That's where we're going to start today with Brian Blessing, again, of Sportsbook Radio and Vegas Hockey Hotline. Brian, how's it going today, man? Oh, I'm good. I'm I'm a little confused that we're freestyling it today because I'm trying to think what's different today than every other podcast we've done together. I mean, it's not like we sit there and do a 90-minute pre-production meeting. No, that's that's true. And, and quite frankly, every day kind of feels the same here still with everything going I, on. Oh, Yes, you know I I know you're out there. You're you're playing WSOP and and losing bad beats and and stuff like that. So I guess that's how you're trying to keep busy, huh? No, the thing that's so crazy about this is is time. You you lose track of time, and thankfully the radio show I'm I'm doing that I, that helps me keep track of days because it, it wouldn't shock me if people re- literally are waking up going, "What day is it?" and then like something goofy like today i'm I'm starting to the coffee's starting to kick here a little bit but i'm like dragging today you know it's it's one of these things come home you take a nap and then you're up till 2 30 in the morning watching a tv show because time i mean doesn't matter as much and and that makes no sense it matters it's it's just it's odder and harder to keep tabs on time uh, throughout this nonsense yeah, I mean, I, I've kind of seen the meme out there. People are like, well, the world's just like Vegas now. You lose track of time, and you can drink at any time you want to. That's, that's right. There are no clocks in anybody's houses now. <laughs> no. Yeah, pretty pretty much no. I mean, it's, uh, you know, hopefully we're kind of reaching the end here of this. Some states kind of opening stuff up. Other states are going to be doing that here shortly. Uh, Trump and the administration's plan to reopen America, stuff like that. We're getting a lot more, uh, you know, potential rumors that could make sense about the return of sports here. Obviously we have the NFL draft coming up in two days that everyone's focused on, but you know, major league baseball now talking about plans that include Arizona, Texas, and Florida. We talked last week on the show about some of the NHL plans and possibilities, you know, a place like Manchester, New Hampshire, North Dakota, Buffalo, the NBA going to Vegas, stuff like that. We're probably going to hear a lot more of those stories coming up here over the next couple of weeks to the point where, 
it may actually be stuff that makes sense and we may have you know sports coming back sooner rather than later now yeah i've been pretty optimistic about this i i i've turned a corner i mean where eh, it's not going to be good I, the nba is a no-brainer it's a gravy train to do when the day comes that things have legitimately calmed down and the nhl i'm convinced will hold out longer than any other sport uh, i think they're adamant to finish this season with plans that bleed into having a full season next year i mean where i think they'll they can go all the way to labor day they'll want to but they can go to labor day and beyond if they had to uh to complete this year so yeah i mean the things are going to start to reopen in some place and hopefully that goes well i mean it's funny the the slight reopening thing in different states are doing this if it goes well great but if if it almost mirrors the whole thing that we're talking about, if the, if the NHL, NBA are coming back, they better not be coming back with the plan that, oh, my God, a guy tested positive and we're shutting it down. Then don't even bother because it's going to happen. I just It's going to happen. So let's see how this reopening thing goes and hope everybody finds a way to deal with it. But if one of, one of the states that reopens – it turns into a firestorm. It almost mirrors what will happen with sports. And then how will how will the rest of the states react if, oh, that guy opened too early and that state went bananas with aces of it? I So I think we watched this closely. It almost mirrors kind of what we're looking at with the league's return. Yeah, and I mean, look, on the plus side, you know, we're talking about sports. I've seen several governors kind of come out and say, hey, we'd be happy to have the first NASCAR race. I've seen Texas talk about it. I've seen Florida talk about it. I've seen North Carolina talk about it as well. Um, you know, so maybe NASCAR coming back soon. We talked about it last week. We have a little bit more clarity now that golf will be back mid-June. I think it comes back with the Colonial, though, as opposed to the Memorial. But still, golf you know, looks like we're maybe, what, six, seven weeks away from the return of that. Maybe NASCAR a little bit sooner. We're kind of getting to the point where we're going to have to start handicapping these things in a really uncertain environment. I mean, NASCAR, you know, you kind of get oh. behind the wheel and you're sort of good to go. But for golf, have these guys been playing? You know, have they been out there? Are they in a state where they're able to play? If not, have they traveled to a state where they're able to keep playing? Are they just playing on the range or playing simulators at home or whatever else? You know, we talked about carts in the past to kind of speed up the process, kind of, you know, maybe get more guys into the field to make paychecks. Again, a lot of uncertainty, but, you know, the fact that at least we seem to be talking about something that could be happening uh, is, you know, pretty exciting nonetheless. Yeah, and uh, and we'll get into the golf here a little bit, but, uh, you know, horse racing's pulled this off on on a very uh, smallish scale with Gulfstream, Tampa, and Oakland Park, I guess Will Rogers, but but they've pulled this off, and honestly, if somebody else is, I, there has to be a few others. The only name I remember, I think Javier Castellano possibly uh, tested positive at Gulfstream. Uh, they, they've they actually pulled this off pretty good uh, to the point where I've said all along, I think golf and NASCAR, they're the two no-brainers. And honestly, I, I, the golf thing, I you know, I, I think they can go and, and do this. Uh, I, I don't know. And na- honestly, NASCAR, bud, you know, I mean, they've gone to great lengths with this virtual thing, and you know, William Byron's a license to print money at the time. He knows how to play the video game, 
But the NASCAR thing, honestly, I, I would certainly think that they could do this. I, I, I'm actually a little shocked they've they've been, you know, so slow to to do this. But again, it comes down to the I don't have it in front of me their schedule and you know what are actual hot spots in certain states. Oh, and a large part of this too, buddy, is the PR aspect of it. The and it it again all the sports mirrors what's actually happening with this thing, and I don't care what side of the political landscape you're on. Who the hell cares? You know, I mean, just can common sense and what's the best thing to do. But if 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 one side says, "Well, we want to start to reopen," the other side says, "You want people to die," you know, or the other side says. Well, 18 months till we get a vaccine. Well, what does our world look like in 18 months? I mean, how can these people be so damn stupid? It's like there's got to be, you know, a middle ground. Uh, you know, okay, we got to wear masks. All right, we all right. Make it. We got to wear masks and start to open this thing. Uh, but the, the the landscape of it is it's just it, it's a circus act. It's it's a political joke. And you know, the average guys like you and me. Any chance common sense kind of kicks into the equation here? Is there a middle ground? It's nuts. Yeah, I, I don't know how all those things play out, but as far as NASCAR goes, the first date with something still scheduled is May 16th, which is supposed to be the All-Star Open and the All-Star Race in Charlotte, which I presume that those would be canceled almost no matter what because they're, by and large, kind of irrelevant. They're just more events for the fans, and fans probably won't be at these events anyway. So. With that in mind, maybe May 16th is the start date in Texas or Homestead, something like that. Or you go to May 24th, the Coca-Cola 600. That's in Charlotte, or well, in Concord, just outside Charlotte, Charlotte Motor Speedway. Maybe that's the first one for NASCAR. Maybe that's the first thing that we get here. You mentioned horse racing, and real quickly, you know, Erod Ortiz Jr., he voluntarily set out. He's coming back at Gulfstream, I think, I want to say April 25th. But he voluntarily set out being worried about coronavirus. And the other thing that I saw as I was handicapping the apple blossom this past weekend at Oaklawn Park, Chad Brown had a couple of horses that very easily could have been in that race, a couple of fillies, but he's kind of stuck up in New York. He's not really doing a whole lot with the quarantine. He's not moving his horses around. So there's been that impact. Trainers that are New York-based have maybe kind of sat back and waited, sort of waiting for Saratoga or Aqueduct or Belmont to reopen something like that, those have been really the two, you know, hiccups for horse racing have been, you know, jockeys kind of sitting out or a jockey, you know, testing positive or some trainers not willing to travel. Otherwise, you know, the California tracks are still down, but, you know, we wouldn't have had racing at places like Thistledown or Presque Isle or anything like that anyway right now as far as I know. So that'll be interesting. When the spring season starts, like I think Thistledown here in the Cleveland area is – the first week of May, something like that. What happens at those tracks? Do they get up and running again without spectators, of course? But we should have a lot more tracks to bet on here beginning next month. I again, I'm no rocket scientist. I, I've got a feeling Memorial Day weekend is going to kind of be a real nice target uh, for what's to come. And you know, here it's some rumblings. Uh, that could be be the case in Vegas. That, that it's a realistic starting point where they're they're targeting, uh, 
targeting Memorial Day weekend. If it was just to the point I was thinking, um, what's the deal with the Indy 500? It, uh, is it postponed? I think so, yeah. Uh, okay. I feel like it was. I'm, I'm looking. I, I, uh, huh. I, I can't. They I moved, can't. They moved it back to August 23rd. That oh, is that right? I think okay, that's what they did, okay, yeah. that's fine. That's fine. Yeah, there it is. Postponed August twenty third. But anyway, I think Memorial Day weekend's probably a, a, a good target to see some of these things come back, and I don't know, like maybe June one and mid June, uh, at, at the very least, the NBA and NHL, they'd love to start then, but at least to get these guys back because the funny thing is, even with the hockey. It's, and like you said, with the horse racing, it's the logistics of it and traveling is going to be one of the major issues for everybody on the back end of this thing. You know, what's Vegas going to look like on the back end of this thing? Uh, Who's going to want to hop on a plane to go visit family, let alone come to Vegas? You know, so travel is going to be a real big concern, hence the, the neutral site stuff, but... But logistically, that's that's going to be an issue. And I, honestly, I'm thinking of hockey with they're saying they want a two-week uh, training camp, two- to three-week deal to get these guys back in shape. Well, that's going to be one of the big hurdles for the league, I think, is that with 31 teams, okay, you can go back to your facilities and start training. Well, what if nine of the 31 you know, they haven't opened up that their neck of the woods? What if things are they're still hot spots? So some teams are going to come back and have camp, and other teams still can't go back to their facilities. Again, we we can sit here and go on and on and on about all the reasons that make this stuff really hard. You'd like to think it's simple, but it's not. Well, and that's a huge thing with Major League Baseball. I mean, you know, you're you're effectively now at this point in time starting over for everybody. You know, the hitters have to start over, get their timing. The pitchers obviously have to get stretched back out again. And even the relievers, you know, have to go back-to-back days things of that sort. And, you know, if you start taking two or three weeks to get everybody ready for this thing, and as you mentioned, somebody pops a positive test or multiple somebody's pop a positive test, then what? You know, then what do you do about getting ready for the season? If it happens in season, I mean, that's obviously a question unto itself, but in terms of getting ready for the restart or the beginning of the season, then what kind of happens? You know, we don't know. Obviously, there have to be some contingency plans in place for that, and we'll kind of see how that all plays itself out. But again, but, uh, you, you're the baseball guy, all right? You tell me. I, I'm not sitting here giving these guys three weeks of spring training. I'm sorry. Uh, you know, honestly, okay, couple games, go. Man, I, you know, how that plays out, the quality of the games, I couldn't tell you. But these guys got to play themselves into shape with games that count because the, the calendars, the clock's running. Right, I mean, if there's hopefully even to get a hundred game season in, you got to start. So if I'm baseball, I'm not messing around with with preseason. I'm not. I I, I bring them back for, you know, have no more than a week. You know, you come back, you know, do, do a little, a couple of practices, that kind of thing, and a couple of preseason games and start. And you know, let it be damned if it's. Boy, we were terrible at the beginning. We, we, but somebody, somebody's going to be good in the beginning. But I think, I think baseball is to start. I don't think they can wait. Hockey and basketball, they're trying to wrap, wrap something up. 
you know, baseball, they've got to get started. And baseball's just so different because of, of pitcher arm health. And, you know, it's one of those things, too. You've got upcoming CBA negotiations that we're not sure what's going to happen as far as arbitration, player control, stuff like that. So these players are not going to want to put themselves at risk for, you know, substantial injuries going into an uncertain economic period for the league anyway. So I don't oh. think the Players Association would agree to that. And but, but, frankly, but, but honestly, tell that. me, but tell me, bud, I mean, honestly, of all the things uh, of, of guys are you want to get back up in shape or what are they doing? Um, I saw today there are three NFL teams are going to start doing virtual workouts that are like like mandatory. There's no OTAs, but it's like, okay, it's like a con- video conference thing, and the trainer's going to be saying, all right, lifting weights, uh, cardio, whatever it is they're going to do. Some teams are starting to, to work on that. But you're telling me, even throughout this thing, and you're saying arm strain for a pitcher, a guy, you know, if he's got a routine to have his arm ready, you're telling me a guy can't be playing, you know, playing catch in the driveway or in his yard. I, I you know, the arm strength thing, aren't they throwing now? Wouldn't you be throwing now on the premise that this is going to start? Oh, well, yeah. I mean, they're, they're throwing, but I mean, guys don't throw, I mean, guys throw it maybe 60, 70% for the most part. And it's tough because a lot of these teams aren't going to want their players to be ramping up to 90, 95, 100% without team personnel, you know, kind of observing the workouts and all that type of thing. And, I mean, look, you know, th- there's a reason why there is such a long period of spring training. I mean, starters need four, five, six starts to build their pitch counts up into that 75-80 range to do so in a healthy format. Yes, yeah, some guys probably do train differently than others, and, and maybe those guys have a little bit of an advantage. But also, too, I mean, there's so much wear and tear on the arm that – Again, I mean, we talk about guys getting Tommy John all the time. How many procedures do you see, you know, in the NBA or the NHL where guys are out for eighteen months and oh, they I, have a procedure? Oh, I hear you, but I, I and I, and I'm, not, I'm not trying. Yeah, I'm not trying to get any of these guys hurt. But, but the other thing is too. I mean, there's an element of common sense, right? Okay, hey, listen, we're coming out of the gate. We're starting, and, and every guy's on a seventy-five pitch count or whatever. You're you're, you're only going four innings. So out of the gate, the team that's going to really ride the middle relievers, you know, they really ride these guys to throw, you know, two or three innings instead of coming in for one or two. Okay, I, I think there's a way to get through it. I, I'm with you. I, you don't want to be, you know, having, a, having your ace be out for 18 months or something. Well, I mean, you know, you're going to have to see expanded rosters. There's going to be that. There's going to be more than 26 players on the roster. It'll have to be 30-plus to get – more arms out there to protect these guys. You also have the World Baseball Classic, which is kind of a frame of reference, where it was played in early March. The pitchers had a few weeks of spring training and then went from, zero, from not zero to 60, but like 25 to 60, 25 to 75, so to speak, to the point where there were some guys that had velocity declines, especially during the season, a lot of guys that were hurt, stuff like that. You have that frame of reference. And you think back to it with the NHL, for example, the World Cup of Hockey. I mean, that was kind of their frame of reference to where a lot of those players kind of got through it okay. They were sort of fine. They didn't love the idea. But, you know, if you get a playoffs in the NHL that are June, July, August, and then you try to start the season again in October, a lot less turnaround. But, you know, you kind of have a blueprint, I guess, with maybe that World Cup of Hockey or 
the world championships, the playoffs and, itself, something like that. Well, by know. the way, the oh, by the way, the World Cup of Hockey, those those tournaments are actually exceptional. Uh, right. the, the quality of the hockey was actually really, really high. And if memory serves, I think, uh, well, nah, the name escapes me. Well, I think one player had a... Matt Murray? No, somebody Matt Murray had a... broke his hand, right? Uh, I forgot about him. I was going to say, I know there was one guy had a pretty significant concussion, maybe missed a, a juicy amount of time. So, yeah, no, I mean, but, I mean, you can get hurt. You can get hurt in the morning skate. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, so... You know, and the other thing is, though, the hockey, if it comes back, that's going to be a real interesting handicap because everybody's starting fresh, and some teams were floundering, other teams were coming on. You know, who's going to react to coming out of the gate and start fast? Somebody crazy could go on a run. And if they – I can't see any way that the regular season is completed. I think uh, there are a bunch of different things. I was talking about like a round robin uh with the top three in each division, okay, you you guys are in, and then there's kind of a little mini, I don't know if it's a best of three or a round robin or a play-in to determine the seven and eight seeds in each conference. Uh, Mike Harrington from the Buffalo News was on my hockey show yesterday. His idea, I mean, there's different ways to do it, was, okay, hockey, you know, the top, you get a couple of buys. You get uh, the top two in each conference get a buy. And, okay, there's another idea. Uh, it, it's manageable. Uh, the one thing I can tell you, buddy, if they do that, you know, you run to the window. Because we talked about it on this podcast, and the league did everything they could to change it where there were only a handful of games of teams coming off a bye playing a team that had a game under their belt this year. The year before when virtually you know half the league was coming off the bye playing a team that had a game under their belt, the team with a game under their belt, regardless of the quality of the team, they were dominant. So if there's a play-in round of some sort to get to determine the seven and eight seeds, if those teams have games under their belt, they are going to be lethal when the playoffs start. Absolutely. Completely agree with that sentiment, to be sure. I mean, I, I couldn't I couldn't run to the window fast enough to bet on a team that's already been playing, in particular in game one and game two, against a team that hasn't been playing at all. Oh, man, I mean, that, that would be such a great betting angle to try and exploit. Speaking of betting angles, let's take a look here at the NFL draft. Again, we're a couple of days away from that. And, you know, Brian, like we talked about last week, like I wrote about last week at bangthebook.com, so much coverage of this event and so many. It's like the Super Bowl. So many reporters taking the bait. They're being played like a cheap fiddle by these teams. You've got smoke screens. You've got tea leaves. You've got all this stuff going on. What I'm looking at, man, is I'm looking at the odds. And what the odds are saying right now is that we're back to a point where Tua looks to be the clear second quarterback off the board. At one point, it was kind of even between him and Justin Herbert. Now it looks like Tua, a pretty big favorite, minus 160 or higher out there in the market, to be the second quarterback off the board. And part of this is because we're seeing a bunch of trade whispers and rumors now. Oh, the Redskins are shopping their pick. Oh, the Lions are shopping their pick. Oh, you know, Team A and Team B are, you know, trying to find out who wants their pick. This and that. The Giants are looking to trade their pick now. My God, just start this damn thing already because I'm tired of of reporters taking the bait, wanting the clicks, wanting the traffic. I think the top four goes exactly how we expect the top four to go. And maybe Tua goes five or maybe he doesn't. But, and the markets are, are, 
you know, generally sharp in regards to this kind of thing, but I don't know. I don't know if they're just taking the bait because there's nothing else to do or what. No, it's an industry. You know, you do this when we're up and running. You do this every day. I join you every Tuesday. And we got all kinds of stuff to talk about. You know, if you're if you're running a mock draft site and that's your business and that that's your focus of attention, you're you're a, you're a draft expert, and you're going to put a mock draft up and have the same the same players in the mock for six months running. Like, who's going back to look at your site? So these guys are going changing it and trying to keep it interesting. And you know, the reality of it is, you knew this was going to happen. There's the disinformation, what's real, what's not. I'm not changing my mind from how many weeks ago did I say to you, I said, the Tua kid, he could be great, but there's just something telling me. I, I envision a scenario where he, that's it's viable that he drops. I mean, nobody's getting their, their meat hooks or their hands on this guy. They're taking people's word he's okay. Oh, look at him. You see him in practice, and he was sidestepping. He was, okay, yeah, that's great. You know, um, they're not, he's not running the drills. Well, I guess he is run the drills they want him to run, but I don't know. I could see a scenario where he drops. Then you get, and maybe it's all disinformation. Oh, now Herbert, maybe even the Bengals do something stupid, but okay. The Falcons want to move up. The Broncos want to move up. The Patriots are sitting there in the weed with the, all these extra third round picks. If somebody drops, maybe the Patriots jump up. Oh, now the Niners uh, open for business. Our two first-round picks, we want to trade out of there to get more picks because we don't have enough picks. It's a circus act. And now, as you said, that was the new one today because for, for two weeks we've been talking about if you're Detroit, you're sitting in the catbird seat. Redskins are taking young. The Lions are sitting in the catbird seat. They got rid of Slay. So, oh, yeah, we could take the cornerback to replace Slay, but all you did was replace a guy. You know, they, they could get an army of picks, move down, maybe still get the quarterback they want, and get another second and a third round pick. So the Lions were like the focal point, the starting point of the draft. And all of a sudden, the Redskins, yeah, Young's a great player, but you're nuts not to sit there if Burrow indeed is going to the Bengals, that the Redskins are sitting there going, hey, come to the witch doctor, <laughs> make the phone call. Uh, yeah, we like Young, but if if somebody's going to give me, you know, a one and two twos to go up to two, I and I can get three guys that are a part of the core for seven, eight years, three high-end guys, they're nuts not to take the phone call. Yeah, no, I mean, I completely agree. And, and something else that's kind of thrown a wrench into all of this is all of the reports that came out yesterday that the attempt at a mock draft was a complete and utter shit show. And that's (laughs) concerning because... The first pick? Right, yeah. I mean, and that's one of those things, too, where now if I'm sitting there and I'm a front office executive, I'm somebody who's on a call with my team and my personnel, and then somebody's got to put this pick in and hope that everything works with the NFL, I'm sitting there thinking, you know what? I don't want to wait until Thursday to decide exactly what we're going to do. If we're trading this pick, I'm doing it on Tuesday or Wednesday. If we're making this pick, I'm going to know exactly who I want so this thing cannot get effed up. And we talked about it last week. I think we talked about it a little bit on Thursday's show with Brad Powers that maybe this leads to a certain level of conservatism in this draft. Because if you don't have everything figured out, you know, 24, 48 hours before this thing gets going, 
and there's a glitch or there's some screw up or you can't communicate with your team or with the league office or whatever else, things don't work out the way that you planned for them to. So I think we may see some of these trades happen on Wednesday. I think we may see some of these trades happen very early Thursday morning. And we may see some teams just take the safe player as opposed to maybe getting a little bit, you know, aggressive with their risk profiles, just because now you throw a wrinkle in there that this thing may not work the way it's supposed to. Well, I, it, I guess it was uh, Adam Schefter about five days ago said one GM said, you know, the mocks aren't even close. And then some other beat writer or whatever said, well, just the way it was said, it had to be Gettleman. And, you know, Gettleman's kind of a loose cannon. But if he's right, and he could be right, you know, these mocks, one or two crazy things, and this thing, and, and you look at the wide receiver position, that's going to go one of two ways. You, you see some mocks where four of these guys are going in the top 15. When one goes, there's going to be a run on them. Or the position is so deep, I can see two or three teams say, I, I, I want the guy, I want a wide receiver. But I can take the best linebacker, or I can take the best, you know, tackle or safety that's on the board and i know i'll still get a really good wide receiver in the second round that's comparable to what i'm going to get here that the quality of the position could actually work against it where a clump of them drop too it really is kind of a rubik's cube you're trying to put together it is and again the offensive line position which we've talked about a lot for the longest time tristan Wirfs was the favorite to go first among the offensive linemen now it's Jedrick Wills. And now it's even getting to the point where a guy like Andrew Thomas out of Georgia, you know, his odds to be the first offensive lineman taken were, you know, plus 750, plus 1,000, stuff like that. Now you're seeing plus 400 and plus 500 out there, which, yeah, still implies he's probably not going to be the first offensive lineman off the board. But it also says to me that maybe he's moving up the boards of some of these teams. Maybe there's a team that wants to trade up for that guy, but I think it's just one of those cases where, like I just said, I think at this point in time, if you're sitting here and you're looking at all these different scenarios and these different trade possibilities and this and that, maybe you just say, you know what? It's a unique year. Let's just simplify this process. We're going to take this eight-year starter at left or right tackle and just go with that. We're just going to do that. Instead of trading back for third-round picks and picks for next year and all this type of thing, we're just going to take a safe player, an offensive tackle that's going to start for us throughout his rookie contract and throughout the second contract we give him, and that's what we're going to do. And I see something like that kind of taking shape here with a guy like Thomas, who's not the athlete that Makai Becton is, but a safer type of player, seeing his odds come down, seeing his underdraft position get heavily juiced. And again, it's going to vary from team to team, but that just kind of illustrates to me that maybe there's this conservative level of thinking to where maybe even the wide receivers start going in the top 10. A lot of people pegging them for, you know, 10 through 15. Is there a safer pick than taking Lamb, Judy, or Ruggs to go run routes for you for the next five, six years? I don't think so. So maybe those guys kind of move up the board a little well, bit. Let me, well, let me throw this at you. I mean, you know, when everything we talk about every week, is one thing is attached to the other. I always say to you, like a horse racing philosophy, I think you can employ in sports handicapping, where you know what one thing means something that impacts something else. 
And honestly, I think Brandon, I'm a Bills fan, obviously. If you we listen to the show, you would know that. Uh, they don't have a first-round pick. I'm drooling over the draft. I think they could take this Edwards-Hilaire kid um, or if John, uh, the, the, the running back from Wisconsin. They're going to get a running back at some point. Uh, to compliment Singletary, I hope they take this Edwards Hilaire kid. I think that's that's a be a terrific combination. Uh, or they could wait till the third round and take the AJ Dillon kid from Boston College. Or all of a sudden, Fournette is out there. And and would you give? I if I'm the Bills, I know he's kind of a head case, but they're really good with the, their culture. I'd give up a fourth or a fifth round pick for Leonard Fournette. And Merry Christmas. It's it's a one-year thing, but they're built to win now. So, you know, who does it well and who doesn't do it well? The one thing I would say is Brandon Bean, actually, it's been a long time coming, and it's an actual treat to have a GM that's making the right deals, and he's 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 aggressive, but he's he's built something really smart. So, okay, I've got faith in this guy. Now, he gives up the 22nd pick. For Stefan Diggs, and you know, he had a fourth and a fifth, and people said they overpaid. Well, they're built to win now, and that was one of their big needs. And now they get the running back. They're good to go on offense, and the defense has been terrific. But by doing what he did, and Diggs is another one, could be a bit of a head case. But subliminally, is was Brandon Bean saying to you, everybody drooling over all these wide receivers? And he was going to have his choice of two or three of them. And he went and, and got Stefan Diggs. I mean, could he be saying to you, these guys aren't as good collectively as everybody thinks they are? And I, you know, so I'm, I, I'm almost, I'm reading between the lines. He did that. And yes, Diggs is an exceptional talent and a change of scenery and it could all work. But if these guys were all so good, why would he give up what he gave up to get this guy? He may be telling you, you know, they're all a coin flip. Who knows which? Who knows which one's going to be the best of them? Well, I mean, beyond Lamb, Judy, and Rugs, I mean, I think you know maybe Justin Jefferson winds up being the next best player in that group. But I think the safety and security and certainty of Diggs versus Denzel Mims or you know Brandon Ayuk, who you know of course had surgery right before the draft. You know some of these other guys that are potential late, super late first round guys. I think the certainty of Diggs is worth that. I think if you had a chance at Lamb, Judy, or Ruggs, you take them over Diggs. But the Bills don't know about had a chance. I don't so. know about Ruggs. I really don't know about Ruggs. I mean, he's either he's either. I don't think there's any middle ground, and that's you can say this about all the quarterbacks. Lucky Land Casino asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.